You know, I've been working in IT for almost 35 years. When I got my start in the business back in the late 80s, we were building and selling PC-compatible clones. These old DOS-based boxes had dual floppy drives, 64K of RAM, and a monochrome monitor. And we thought they were the bomb. But it wasn't too long before the hard drive became available and for a few hundred dollars you could install a 20 megabyte hard drive. And then, in quick succession, came the 286, the 386, 486, and then the Pentium processors. And along with each generation of faster and more capable microprocessors came the need for more memory and the introduction of color graphics, which by today's standards looked like a game of connect the dots with a broken crayon. And somewhere along the way, Microsoft Windows came along, as well as a pointing device called a mouse. And all of a sudden, you didn't have to memorize all those DOS commands and all of their associated command line parameters in order to get anything done. And for the first time, using a computer was more intuitive and less intimidating. And we were excited, but we were disappointed and worried as well. Because while this new way of operating a computer made it more accessible for the average Joe, it also made us IT guys feel like we wouldn't be needed as much as we had before. And then, along came the large box stores like Circuit City, Office Max, or Best Buy, and then small computer companies like ourselves were forced to find and create specialty markets in order to survive. And we did. But that's a story for another day. Hi, this is Danny, and welcome back to Second Wind Wisdom. And today, I'm not going to talk about anything inspirational. I do want to talk about something that I find exciting, and at the same time, borderline terrifying, and that's the subject of artificial intelligence. Now, even though I've been working in IT for over half of my life, I don't consider myself an expert on the subject. I'm not a programmer and my knowledge of AI is strictly from a layman's point of view. But as excited as I was when I saw my first hard drive or used a mouse for the first time, nothing compares to the exciting developments in the field of artificial intelligence. And I'm not alone in my fascination. Artists, writers, journalists, and people like you and me are using these new tools to create art and text faster than we've ever been able to before. And sometimes it seems that ChatGPT really is displaying intelligence and not just emulating it. And who knows, maybe it is, because who's to say what intelligence actually is? Remember when we talked about subjective truth? I think this is a good example. And it seems like science fiction authors such as Isaac Asimov with his robot stories and his three laws of robotics, and Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek, the next generation's lovable android, Mr. Data, who was obsessed with what it meant to be or not to be a human, were able to envision a future where man and intelligent machines could coexist. On the flip side, there's Hollywood's darker version of the future, such as Ridley Scott's Blade Runner or James Cameron's Terminator or the sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica, which all painted a dystopian future where mankind has lost control of our creation and must now pay a terrible, terrible price. 
So which version of the future do you believe in? I hope for the first. But I think it would be prudent to keep in mind the possibilities of the second. The concept of artificial intelligence has been around for a very long time. We can find ancient mythology and folklore which describes mechanical creations with human-like capabilities. The Greeks had a myth about Pygmalion, a sculptor who created a beautiful statue that he named Galatea. He fell in love with the statue, and he prayed to the goddess Aphrodite, and she brought the statue to life and made Galatea into a real woman. And in Jewish folklore, there was a creature made from clay or mud called a golem. The golem was brought to life through mystical rituals or inscriptions and was intended to be a protector or servant, but could also become dangerous if not controlled. And the list goes on. All of the myths and legends show our fascination with the concept of creating something that reflects or even surpasses our own intellectual capabilities. And while they weren't rooted in any scientific knowledge, they did set the stage to foster the fascination with and eventually the future development of what we know today as the field of artificial intelligence. But there's one major difference between all of those myths and science fiction stories and reality. And that's the fact that the former tend to envision not only human-like intelligence, but they all have a physical resemblance that we can relate to and interact with. On the other hand, our real-life versions of AI take the form of chatbots, search engines, and apps that look more like just any other tool at our disposal on a computer or on our phones or tablets. But it goes so much deeper than that. Learning algorithms are embedded in just about everything these days. I mean, Netflix learns the ins and outs of our personal likes and dislikes and then uses its knowledge to predict which movies or TV shows that we might like to watch. And more often than not, it gets it right. And then there's Amazon. It doesn't take those guys very long to start sending us suggestions of products that we more than likely need, or at least would be interested in purchasing. And our phones can predict the next word in a sentence as we're typing. And our smart home devices can learn our comings and goings and adjust temperatures and lighting accordingly to our predicted activity. And please don't tell me that I'm the only one who has sat at the kitchen table and talked about needing a new something or other with my wife and then hopped on Facebook later on only to see an ad for that something or other in my feed. Scary? Uh, yeah, scary. I think one of the biggest risks is the fact that it seems so commonplace now and that we automatically trust it like we would a toaster or an ATM, or a vending machine, or even when we use our credit card at the gas pump. When in reality, this technology is getting more and more embedded in our day-to-day -day existence and is making more and more decisions for us and about us, and we don't even understand the technology at all. Last month, Forbes had a really informative article. It was titled, the 15 biggest risks of artificial intelligence. And I recommend that you look it up and read it. It's an excellent article and it's not technical, but it serves as an eye opener, which can put us into the right headspace when it comes to understanding the risks of artificial intelligence. And I'm not being an alarmist. Just recently, 
several tech giants came together and signed a joint letter warning of the risks of artificial intelligence on par with that of a nuclear war. These were people like Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, the creators of ChatGPT, and executives from Microsoft and Google's DeepMind division, as well as Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak. In the joint letter, they urge us to take precautions to protect ourselves from the risks of artificial intelligence with the same priority that we give to preventing nuclear war, global warming, or another global pandemic. Now, like I said earlier, I don't want to be an alarmist. And while the possibilities are frightening to think about, they're also exciting as well. And I think it would be foolish not to talk about the brighter side of AI and the possible benefits that it could have to improve our lives and to make the world a better place. We've already talked a little bit about personalized entertainment. AI algorithms can provide us with very accurate and personalized content recommendations from discovering the next book to read or movie or TV show to watch or in finding new music to listen to. This can help us to increase our engagement and satisfaction and to make better use of our leisure time by quickly finding something that we will enjoy and relate to. And artists are already using AI tools to create new forms of entertainment by generating music and art that mimic a particular style or genre. And this opens up new avenues for creativity and personal expression. And gamers are reaping the benefits of AI through computer-generated non-player characters, or NPCs as they're called, that behave realistically and adapt themselves to the player's actions to make the experience not only more engaging, but more challenging. And AI has the ability to generate most of the background game environments, quests, and challenges in much the same way to provide endless hours of content and fun for the players. In virtual reality and augmented reality can enhance gaming and learning experiences by creating more realistic and immersive simulations. AI algorithms can generate realistic graphics, simulate physics, and create interactive virtual worlds. Just imagine the benefits of this tech to the gaming industry, virtual tourism, and the education system. And that's just the fun stuff. What about the serious stuff? What about the things that can make the difference between life and death? Or whether or not we run out of clean water, breathable air, or whether or not we have enough food to feed the world, or the ability to quickly respond to the next pandemic or cybersecurity threat to our nation from a bad actor. Let's talk about that. Let's start with healthcare. Artificial intelligence can revolutionize healthcare by allowing us to detect diseases earlier and to personalize treatment while allowing doctors to give a more accurate diagnosis quicker and possibly with less invasive tests involved because machine learning algorithms can sort through huge amounts of data and find patterns which could lead to new insights and more effective treatment plans with better outcomes for patients. Or how about education? AI can allow educators to create and provide personalized learning experiences for their students. An intelligent tutoring system 
could adapt itself to meet an individual student's needs and offer real-time feedback, which would make the experience more engaging and effective for the student. And then there's a topic of safety, law enforcement, and security in general. Artificial intelligence could help the world to become a safer place with smart surveillance systems, which could detect suspicious activity and allow us to prevent crime, and also help detect and respond to cybersecurity threats to protect our sensitive data. And then there's the subject of climate change and overall environmental conservation efforts, along with resource management. AI could easily help us to manage the use of water. It could also help us with transportation by optimizing traffic flow. This would help us to reduce congestion and improve fuel efficiency, not to mention to reduce carbon gas emissions. And smart energy grids would be able to balance demand with production and could reduce inefficiencies which lead to brownouts and blackouts which put people's lives at risk in the heat of the summer and the cold temperatures during the winter. Individuals with disabilities can have improved accessibility through the use of AI-powered language processors and computer vision technologies, which would enable real-time captioning or sign language interpretation. But what about agriculture? Intelligent drones could monitor our crops and detect pests and diseases, as well as hydration levels, which would allow us to target interventions to minimize the use of pesticides, fertilizer, and make better use of our water. I could go on. Businesses can use and already do use AI in a lot of cases to streamline their operations. A lot of times when you call for support or you start a support chat online, you aren't actually talking to a person on the other side. You're being helped by a customer service chatbot. Artificial intelligence can allow us to speed up scientific research and discoveries by allowing us to analyze huge amounts of data to find patterns and to help us find solutions quicker. The power of AI analysis can help us in the development of pharmaceuticals, in learning more about genetics, climate modeling for improved weather forecasting, and in general, allowing breakthroughs in just about every scientific field. Now let's try to wrap up this episode. I think you get the picture of why I find the entire concept of AI so intriguing and scary in pretty much equal amounts. I think that as individuals and businesses and governments, we need to take steps to mitigate the potential risks associated with the development of this technology. I think we need to come up with ethical frameworks government regulations to control the development as well as the deployment of AI. We need to be concerned with issues such as privacy, bias introduced through the learning sets, and transparency and accountability for the companies developing this technology should something go wrong. I think most businesses would automatically comply with these guidelines and regulations to protect themselves as well as the general public. They've already voiced their concerns and are looking to our governments 
to respond and take the lead. I think every AI system should be built to include strong security measures to protect against vulnerabilities and from bad actors who would exploit them. And this would include encryption, access controls, and regular security audits. And all of this should be transparent between business and government with agreements in place to protect intellectual property rights. And I think that us, as either the beneficiaries or victims of this technology, need to be educated on all of these issues that we've just discussed and take proactive steps to stay aware of the latest developments so that we can hold our government officials accountable by insisting that they do the same. Because if we're careful, we can get this right. Personally, I feel the benefits of artificial intelligence far outweigh the risks as long as we implement it with care and good intent. I feel like AI can become part of our evolutionary path forward that is going to become an extension of us. Like anything else new, it's going to be good or bad, but at this point I think it's safe to assume that either way, it's definitely going to be So it's on us to take the steps now to ensure that it ends up being good. Well, I hope you enjoyed my little foray into this topic, and more importantly, that it makes you pause and think. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, or better yet, a suggestion for a future episode, feel free to shoot me an email at secondwindpodcast.reply at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I'll talk to you next week. Until then, stay well.